coming in. Keep it locked right here. You are listening to MTMB Sports. Hey guys, welcome back to Sports Talk with C. Your girl is back with another episode, and here we are, episode 95. I got my bro with me, Mr. Wildress Teddy Farrow. But before we chop it up, let's take a short break. Out of adversity and trauma, challenges and hardship, from the streets of Kansas City. A shoe company was born. Birthed from the desire to serve others and provide high quality cleats and sneakers at an affordable price, we present to you Ozell Brand. It's not just a brand, it's a lifestyle. Order now at OzellBrand.com. intentions want to see you do good and help you do good but from episode 21 you came a part of the full 94 you've been real honest always there for me even when I try to be my tough self and don't want to be bothered you gave me the name CSPN thank you bro for becoming family although you got my guy Bron Bron just now fourth on your Mount Rushmore I still love you now as bro would say Let's get this John Stoddard and talk some basketball. Introducing Wildress Rocket. Well, thank you, bro, Will, Mr. Riley, you know, all of the all of the above. Thank you for coming right. on Sports Talk with C. How are you? I'm excited to be here, man. You know I got multiple personalities. Whatever, whatever fits the mood, you know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? I'm 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 here. I'm I'm excited to be here. I, I I love everything you're doing. Shout out to you getting close to 100 episodes. That's that's a big deal. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel like I probably should have been a hundredth episode, you know what I'm saying? Cause <laughs> when it comes down to it, like you know, we co-host, you know right. what I'm saying? I'm probably going to end up hosting the tonight show, but I I'm not I ain't starting that. I I'll take whatever number I am right now. We're gonna say that's a lucky number. So 95. There we go. Well, my 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 football number was ninety two. Look at that! See that greatness. Ain't, that, ain't, that ain't the same. Ain't, don't try to gas me up. <laughs> I'm not trying it's to hear the, that. It's the greatness. Anyway, let us know. Well, let the audience know who you are and where you're from. Um, I am William Telefero the third. Uh, I am the co-host of Full Ninety Four, along with my beautiful co-host here. Uh, in Miles Austin, I am the co-host of the main card on MTMV Sports with The Voice. I am also the co-host of the Culture Gumbo podcast uh, with my partner, Shakira. Cool. You're just in everything. But before we get into everything that you are part of, where does the love of basketball come from? Because your mind, especially with the history of basketball, is amazing. So where does that come from? I appreciate that. I'm I'm from North Philly. 
Um, as a kid, all we did was move around a lot. It was just me and my moms. So, you know, making friends was cool, but it was hard to constantly keep friends. So one of the things that I always did was I collected basketball cards. I was real big and collected basketball cards. And my uncle used to take me to the Sixer game. So like my earliest memory of a basketball game was seeing, um, I want to say it was Dr. Jan, like his last year. Okay. Um, uh, seeing that like as, as a shorty. Um, and then the next time I remember actually going to his, uh, his, um, retirement, which was a big deal. That's when we had Clarence Weatherspoon. So basketball has always been a love for me. It was the one thing I could escape to that I could watch outside of music. Um, so I would watch every piece of basketball. I could watch, uh, the NBA on NBC when that was a big deal. I would watch everything. I would study, um, I ended up being a Sixer fan and also a Maverick fan because uh, Rolando Blackman was my favorite player because um, he was the first Panamanian. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, but um, he was my favorite player growing up also along with like Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan. And it was just collecting cards. And when you like lonely and you were a kid, that's what you do. So like, you know, I had the card books and I put them in order and I study the stats and I look at all the players and, you know, the NBA All-Stars. And then, you know, my my uncles and my cousins all played ball. So they were big on point guards. So you learn about the point guards who playing and you seeing them play in the park. So for me, I think basketball is probably like my earliest friend outside of music. Okay. You hear a lot of favorites being MJ Cole, but you said Charles Barkley. Can you just speak to why he was one of your favorites growing up? he was Philly. You know what I'm saying? Like he was, he was Philly, he was Philly through and through. Like it's that Philly mentality and Charles, Charles played with that. I hate that they didn't put everything around him in the later years for him to stay. Um, but Charles was Philly. He was gritty. Um, he was a, he was a fluffy dude. You know what I'm saying? I was a fluffy dude growing up. And, and, and when you, when you a big boy, my, my heroes growing up were Reggie White and Charles Barkley. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So it's like, um, I played basketball, but I was short, you know what I'm saying? So I wasn't always on the court unless I was playing defense or I was getting rebounds. So for me, getting rebounds was it. So just um, watching him and just kind of having that feel like when you when you're from Philly and you got that Philly sports mentality, you literally connect with all the players there. So even the smaller players. So I was a I was a Hershey Hawkins fan. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, wow. It, it goes it goes back for me. And at that time what would be the first word that comes to your mind when you hit basketball? Like as a kid. Savior. Okay. Why? Um, my mom did everything she could to provide for us. Um, you know, you know, she, she did all that she could. She did everything she could to make sure that I constantly had something to get into, something to watch. And as a kid, I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be a professional football player and I wanted to be Regis Philbin. But I also, yeah, I also loved um, the NBA commentating. So like Amara Rashad, so like NBA inside stuff for me was a early big thing. You know what I'm saying? Um and it was just like, when you don't have anything, that's the one way that you connect with people when you move because you're constantly moving and things are changing and you can relate to people through basketball. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I'm, I was an aggressive kid, so I was constantly fighting. So the friends <laughs> that I did make, I was making them because 
yo, we could sit and we could talk about sports. You know what I'm saying? And like sports connects everyone. So like for me, basketball was like a, a savior. Like I still have cards that I had from like four or five years old. Cause wow. mom was like, that was how, we, that was how she splurged. She would give me the basketball magazines or she would come home with like three or four pack of upper deck cards and I put them in the cases. I know, but let the listeners know why MJ is your favorite player. Um, I mean, that's, that's easy. MJ is the GOAT. You know what I'm saying? I'm, yo, I, I, I love LeBron. And we, we converse about this all the time, you know, through our group chat. I don't have a problem with LeBron. LeBron is now top four for me. You know what I'm saying? But Michael, the things I saw Michael Jordan do as a kid, you can't discount it. Like when Michael had his time, it was his time. Like, that's an entire era of basketball that you can say belonged to him. You can't say it belonged to anybody else. Um, seeing him score 69, seeing him put up, you know what I'm saying, the double nickel on the comeback. Um, and then on top of it, I don't think people fully understand Michael on the defensive end was a monster. You know what I'm saying? If you made Michael run the point, there was times when Michael, Michael would have to run the point. Even though, you know, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf and a couple of them point guards was eating them up. <laughs> Mike was still doing his thing. And for me, like how certain people feel about LeBron, I feel the same way about Michael Jordan. But the difference for me is I can tell you where Mike fell short. I can tell you where certain things didn't happen. And like it was really the Gatorade commercial. You know what I'm saying? Like you have to understand being a kid where like, um, you know, your moms work hard. Yo, Gatorade was a splurge. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we wasn't poor, but Gatorade was a splurge. So when you get that little bottle and you go on the court and I had the little Michael Jordan basketball court that I broke the first night and I kept <laughs> putting the rim back up. Like that's, that's, that's what you dream about. Like it, there's nothing better than that. Okay. You always, to me, what I admire about you the most is the fact that you are a basketball historian. What is the importance to know history of basketball when knowing basketball now? You can't know where you're going or the possibilities of what can be without understanding the history. Um, you can't, there's no, uh, there's no Russell Wells, Westbrook if there's no Elgin Baylor. You know what I'm saying? Mm. There's there's no, uh, I mean, I could I can think of a number of different players. There's, you know, you can think of a, a Michael Adams or, or Alvin Roberts who, like was a great defensive player and people think about the eighties and they throw away all this history, not realizing this was the golden age of basketball. Like that time when bird and magic took over and it, it got to be on TV and then you got to understand the importance of it. Now I'm not going to sit there and tell you, I've seen Bill Russell play. I'm, I'm only 38, so <laughs> I can't go back there. But when you have like NBA channels like when i was coming up we had like prism so you had like nba history channels where you could sit and watch old nba games all day you're watching games from the 50s and the 60s um all day and i think that's important because you get to see how the game grows i feel like that's how you can appreciate a lebron james more because you get to put him back in those old eras when you know who were in those eras and see the type of player that he was like just imagining like you know him uh facing up against the Charles Oakley 
back then. Or Z- I, I would have loved to have seen him go head to head with Xavier McDaniel with as, mm. as aggressive and big as he was. So I just I, I don't disrespect what's currently happening, but I feel like people want to throw away history because we're such prisoners at the moment. Like that's okay. why people don't appreciate Rakim, but they want to tell you everything about Drake. There's no Rakim Drake, monster. right? Okay. There's no Drake without that, that Rakim cadence. So, you know what I'm saying? For me, it's just it's like knowing my history and being able to walk in any room and, and talk ball as much as possible. And when you hear basketball now, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Uh, excitement and possibilities. Like, I you know, I I joined MTMV like off a of whim. I was already doing the Culture Gumbo podcast. But I remember the first thing he had, Rick asked me was like, yo, you know, what What would you want to talk about? And I was like, I can talk football. I said, but I love basketball. And I remember the first episode with y'all and always talking to Miles and just thinking like, yo, like once we actually got on camera, like that chemistry, I when I firmly say we are the best show on TV for the NBA, outside NBA on TNT, I believe that, like, I hold that Facts. strong. ESPN Facts. ain't dealing with us. Like, yeah, they got their people there and people like, oh, he arrogant. I don't care about that. Like the chemistry that we have and, and the knowledge that we all come to the table with is different. And it's from a mm-hmm. basketball view personality. So it's never going to be from a biased standpoint of I played with that person. I did that. I did that. Like people don't understand. We do research and we put that work in every week. And like to think of how great it's becoming week in and week out. Man, I see us going national sooner or later. I if, if, I just firmly believe you're going to do something and you don't believe you can do it to the highest degree. Why are you doing it? That's a fact. That is definitely a fact. So I, when I interviewed JT and he said that the three ball changed basketball, do you agree? Yeah, greatly. Because <laughs> if you look at the scores from the 80s, to the 90s to the 2000s like it's hugely different like Steph Curry with his accuracy back then people don't probably won't agree but he would have been a monster like he stretches the floor from the time he gets on the court like mm-hmm. the the three ball completely changed everything so everything that people love about Larry Bird and how um how revered he was for being such a special and unique talent. Now you got that out of like 10 to 15 players. Everybody ain't as accurate as Larry Bird and Steph Curry, but <laughs> you have that now out of multiple players. And like, I'm excited to see what the possibility is for the game to expand even further. Like what else can they do? I, I like you said excitement and possibility because I, I do want to see what, the game can bring how it evolves what else can it change I want it to go back to you know I'm more of a paint person paint game so I would love to see a little bit of the old school basketball come back mm-hmm. um but if you were to describe your basketball knowledge in one word what would it be uh-huh. Wow, that's a that's a that's a good question. You might have stumped me on that one. <laughs> I have to get uh, you somehow. Detailed. Ooh. I'm Why? detailed, yo, because I can bring 
I can, and this just happened on the show recently with uh when Julius was guest hosting. <laughs> you can bring me whatever you want to bring me, but if I know that there are no facts behind that, I'm going to dispute that until the cows come home and I'm gonna back it up with facts. Um I said something last show that somebody else said something to me where I, I said Mikael Bridges could be Paul George, right? Well, if you look at Paul George's career stats through like his first three or four seasons and you look at Mikael Bridges, they're not off. The only difference is Mikael was a third option and Paul was a second option for maybe one or two seasons behind Danny Granger. Like, mm-hmm. For me, it's paying attention to the detail because people will say stuff all the time and it'll be off. And I'll admit myself, there are certain times on the show where I, I look back and I was like, yeah, that was off, bro. Like, <laughs> like, go back and do it. And like, we'll talk about it in, in the group text. But um, I feel like if you pay attention to detail, you can literally predict certain things to the best of its ability. Like, and I love to find the parallels between old players and new players because it gives yes, me an ability yeah. to be able to appreciate now and then and to be able to understand it more so being as detailed as possible is dope i'm not an analytics person though so how do you like your knowledge of basketball is crazy but also the knowledge that you have not only of men's basketball but also women's basketball so where Mm -hmm. does that love come from because there's not a lot of people that love women's basketball Yo, you pushed me to be better. Believe Did it or I? Not. You pushed me to be better. Cause I so I have I, I have five sisters. Um and I and I love women in general. Um but you know. <laughs> don't do that. I have five sisters and I always believe in like being as inclusive as possible and, and being able to know and not being a chauvinist. So like when we were younger, I did used to watch WNBA games because I was in love with Cheryl Hoop, Cheryl Swoops. Mm. Cheryl Swoops is just bad. To, to me, she's Cheryl Swoops is my goat. Remember that commercial with Rebecca, Lisa? Was it Cheryl? No, it was Lisa, Cheryl. I think it was Lisa, Cheryl, Rebecca. And they walk in and it was, I think it was like the first season. And they got oh, the, yeah. the, the, the black coat and they're just walking in. I love that commercial. I'm like, and I Cheryl, love Rebecca. Cheryl was everything for me. And I remember um, my cousin used to watch, uh, he was big in college basketball. And I think she was at Texas Tech when she got that national championship and she was player of the year. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about that. So it was like, um, and then when we got on the show and I would watch y'all talk WNBA and I would see that you were the only person really saying something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't want you to feel like the WNBA was just pushed to the side. So I was watching games before, but you encouraged me to watch them even more just so like I could come to the table and like you wouldn't be alone when you was talking about stuff. So like that's that's you. Like <laughs> you did that. You know what I'm saying? Cause you, you know, to for you to be so knowledgeable about the NBA, it's only fair for us to put in that time and and, and be as knowledgeable about the the WNBA. And I'm still blown away by the stuff that you know and like, you know what I'm saying, how you talk about the WNBA game. So it's like, listen, you know what I'm saying? People are only supposed to make you better. So that was my goal. That's the that's a fact. That's why when you be throwing out names, I'd be like, oh, I gotta go find out who this is because the way he be talking about this play, I need to find out who that is. But your history about basketball is one thing. But not only do you know basketball, you know music, you know wrestling. So mm-hmm. I would definitely want to pick your brain about that. 
where does that love from wrestling come from? Because I love wrestling when it was WWE. This new yeah. WWE stuff, I don't know nothing about it. But uh, Spurgeon, Spurgeon Fuss was going to New Jersey, which was like the suburbs at that time, and watching professional wrestling with my grandfather. And we used to we used to catch all the pay per views. But you okay. remember back then, pay per views like fifty dollars, so mm-hmm. it was a big deal to like go to his house and watch the pay per views. And that was another thing to connect. I'm big on being able to to find connections and being able to enjoy stuff. And for me, that was just another thing. And then when I got to when I got to college, um, in my my second master's program. I got a chance to intern with WWE for the NXT initiative, which was amazing. Um, the journey to do that got cut short because I got injured. I got sciatica and I got injured and I was dragging my leg. It was like, the worst. Oh. I was, yeah, I was dragging my leg across campus. I was helping set up. I was doing all kinds of stuff. And it was just like, yeah. And so I was at the end of, um, I was at the end of graduating. And then I ended up becoming friends with like, a lot of wrestlers. Um, one of my friends actually just got um, into the uh, like the New York Theater Company or something like that. And I will also make connections with the people who are on the main roster now. So that was just something else. Like, you know, I, I'm a I'm a loner by nature. You know, I've got a handful of friends who've been friends for like I've been friends with for decades, and I connect with people. I, I'm an accidental people person, but being able to like watch wrestling or listen to music or um, watch basketball. You know what I mean? Like for me, that's that's my peace. Like right. I find peace in being able to connect with that because I was always an eclectic kid. Like I, you know, you, you got you got ADHD and it's like the bad ADHD. You constantly getting in trouble. You got to find your peace somehow, or right. you're you gonna get beatings all the time. And, mm-hmm. and where's the where did where did the which podcast did you have first? Uh, the Culture Gumbo podcast. Okay, and yeah. that's music. That's it, it's, it's basically pop culture, but we okay. cover we cover pop culture, but we cover black culture in general. Like, okay. um, so shout out to Shakira. I met Shakira in um our uh our business master's program and we connected. And Shakira would always tell me too, she'd be like, yo, like, you know, you you wanna you wanna be Regis and, and you know what I'm saying you gotta jump out there. And I had stuff happen in the past. I actually got a chance to audition. For 106 in Park when it was looking for new hosts. Oh and wow! I made it Fact. to the second. Ah, I, I made it to the second audition. I left. I went and did some stuff I wasn't supposed to do, mm-hmm. and God was like, "All right, that's what you want to do." And I got into a real bad car accident, and I didn't go back to the second one. So that was like eye opening for me. And then I didn't get a chance after that because when I went to KSU, um. I got in trouble on campus before I could audition for the school radio program. So it was like, I kept finding things to get into because I love the entertainment business in general. And I kept falling because I was just being a knucklehead and I was just doing dumb stuff. Um, And so like when we started uh, Culture Gumbo, it was more or less to just kind of just get out there. Like we will always have these conversations. It's like those barbershop conversations or those conversations you have with your friends. Like, you see stuff happen in black culture and you're like, yo, why are they not talking about that? So when we right, started right, out, right. we still do like the news and we still cover big stories and we still cover like pop culture stories and everything like that. But we started to transition into more lighthearted stuff because 
during like right after the pandemic and um just seeing stuff happen i just started being like man like people already getting all this bad news like i don't want to do that every week and shakira was like so let's switch it up and then one day we just we got on air and we just kind of winged it and right. it's been good so we're like 36 episodes in the funny thing is i wasn't even sharing it with friends or family for about a good 20 episodes because of the anxiety and i'm a perfectionist and once we started sharing it, like people started started to tune in. And so it's like now I'm just getting to a point of sharing it even more with people. Um and, yeah, and then seeing like, you know, with full 94 and the main card, and it's just me being myself. Mm-hmm. I've always just wanted to be myself and make money. Cause you know, as a kid, you you gotta I had a speech impediment. You know what I'm saying? I have some violent tendencies, unfortunately. So I was always fighting, like I said. And it's like, you just want a place where you belong. And I found that just me talking, people enjoyed it. And I just always thought that was weird. Because like people, when people think like the stuff that you're saying is like entertaining or they enjoy it, and you're like, yo, this is just me thinking. Like you you almost get mad because you're like, why are you right. why are you so enthralled with this? This is really just me thinking. And it's like starting to embrace it. And I never thought that as much as I wanted to be Regis, this was something I could make a career out of. And I was like, I want to take it as far as possible. Right. What has been the toughest thing for you with either the main card, um, the 494, um, I, I'm going to mess up the other name. The culture um, of gumbo. What has been the hardest part of having a podcast? Um, the research. Uh, shout out to the voice because um, I was kind of like an MTMV utility man at one point. Like I was just going whatever shows they need me. And then voice is like, yo, like come, you know, come do this combat sports podcast. And I was like, I don't know, you know, I know boxing, but I don't know much about boxing. And so I wanted to go on a show every week and be prepared. And I think going on the main card and being prepared, I do probably about three, four hours a week of research on the main card alone just to make sure that I'm looking up and I'm knowing how I can be the the um, point guard for voices, you know, a superstar. And through that, I started doing it for 494. And I was like, instead of me just going based off what I know, let me start researching stuff a little bit more. So sometimes y'all don't even know it. I have like talking points on the side now. And then like, you know, with Culture Gumbo and being even more prepared. So I probably do maybe... Outside, you know, I maybe work probably about 50, 55 hours a week. And then I may do eight or nine hours a week um, for preparing for all the shows. Um, it's not easy. It's not. It's not. But I but I, I love it. Like, it, it sets mm-hmm. my soul on fire because it's something new every week. And I look forward to Mondays. Y'all see, even when I'm not there, I was there on Monday. You know what I mean? So it's like, I, I love being able to to bring that aspect out of it. And especially, like even on the main card, you know, voice makes fun of me all the time. He calls me, uh, he calls me the butcher because it's a bunch right. of like European names that I'm learning on the fly. Like I'm literally, you see, I'm going to these websites and I'm going to how to pronounce. <laughs> I, I'm a kid with a speech impediment and I'm going to how to pronounce and I'm learning these names. You know, I don't know how to pro- pronounce people's names. And I'd be like, mm. I'm getting on the show and I'm still flubbering it but we do we're figuring it out so um but yeah just the preparation and the what is the best feeling thus far 
the chemistry. The chemistry is amazing. When you can look forward to being on a show with people, because we've all had those moments where there's just people we just don't connect with. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> we just all had those points where we don't connect with. And, um, and y'all have become literally like some of my closest friends. So like mm-hmm. the, the chemistry of it, even though like I'd be having a, like y'all be getting me in trouble on a consistent basis. <laughs> um, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I love it. I love the chemistry of it. And if someone was coming to you for advice to either start up a podcast, um, you know, looking for something to do with either if they like sports, wrestling or whatever, what type of advice would you give them? Just do it. You're going to you're going to find your way, um, whether you know it from this starting point or not. You're only going to fail if you don't start like just do it. Just jump in and do it. If you got to do research, do research. Find something that sets your soul on fire to talk about and talk about it. And be comfortable enough to invite people in because that's the hard part. Like, you know, like it's a vulnerability you get even hosting a show. Like, yo, like you don't know, you don't know the jitters you're going through. You don't know what's happening before the show that may cause you. Like, I've I've had some, I've had some really bad things happen and then. I don't want to cancel the show. I want to go on because that's my escape. So like, mm-hmm. just do it. Find what you're passionate about and just jump in and attack it. And um, Kevin on stage said uh, it took him like a hundred, a hundred posts or a hundred episodes before he even got to the point he wanted to be. So you can't do it for the views. You can't do it for the people. You have to do it for yourself and let it come organically. Yep. That is some great advice because some days, you know, we get, six views and then some days we get 56 views so but it's a blessing to go up there and Mondays you know I I've had deaths happen and be like no I'm not canceling my show because I need that sanity within within the insanity on the show I need that sanity to happen to get me right throughout the day that's the best it's a different feeling. This it's a it's honestly a high, especially when, like I said, when you connect with like we have a dope, dope chemistry. When you connect with people like that, you get excited and you look forward to it. And it's not it's not a job, it's not anything, it's something that you love to do because you love that 30, 45 minutes to an hour time period. Like that's an escape from everything else. So and the hour goes by so fast, it's like what? It's already 9 30, like already. Yeah. It's yeah. already this, but I thank you, Will, for coming on and blessing Sports Talk with C about time. It only took 95 episodes, but you know, I get to bother you every Monday anyway. So thank you for every, coming every on. Every Monday, it's, it text messages, uh, your blasphemy about LeBron James on a consistent basis. I get it 24-7. You know what I'm saying? I you want to know what, guys? Me. You want to know what? So before I show uh, Monday... We had an all-star um, draft, and the last two standing was me and him. And he tried to say I would pick Rudy Gobert. And who was the last two standing? And it was only one. It was only one. What was it? The, the three? I was being funny when I said it, but you ain't telling the people what you did. What did I do? Because I was mad that I didn't. I had a bitch fit because I didn't get, if I didn't get the, first pick so, okay 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 so it's called what it is so the order was supposed to be our guest which was julius then you 
Then not a yes. Then Miles. No, okay. I'm well, going technically first. Technically, he's a yes. You and I and I and you know what? I stirred the pot, so it's partially on me. Exactly. <laughs> now you, that you think about it, like, you was like, "Yo, if I don't get the first pick, it's gonna be a problem." Y'all know how she do. But I don't get the first pick, and she got the first pick, and I was like, "Yo," at that rate, because we were doing serpentine, so it's you know one and then two and then one. I was like, "Yo, she gonna pick and Rudy Gobert?" Like, you know what I'm saying? No, I, I had a pretty she, good squad. But she still, you know, you still came up short, though. You came up short to Wilders Rowling, so it's all good. I, I came up short, but at least I wasn't Miles and came up first. <laughs> yo, yo, Miles really thought his squad was really finna do something. Like, we got him up out of there early. I, so was, so, I was so shocked with, with all the people that were still left. Like, when, yeah. when Kyrie was still up there, at the time I was able to go, I was third, because I picked yeah. him third. Yeah. I was like, no. I, that's, when, that's when I knew you was going to be there. I was like, I nobody picked Kyrie yet and he's still sitting there. <laughs> and I couldn't take him because I had Dame, so I already knew what I was going to do. You already, exactly. So I was like, yeah. all right, yeah, Kyrie's mine. So I already knew. But yes, thank you for coming to bless, you know, my show. I love you, bro. Thank you for always being there when I have a breakdown, when I'm annoyed, when I want to laugh, when I need to talk, wherever you are always there. Short time, you became family. I definitely got to cook you some food because you are the only one that has not had the food. So I go fly into Orlando. Like I just cook you a whole full cost meal because you I deserve literally it. work for a travel company. Like we can fly. We can fly you in the guest down. OK. Um, <laughs> we can fly you in the guest down and make it happen because like I'm tired of hearing about this meal that happened and you messed up my oxtails. So. I'll make you some oxtails. Yeah. They they still in the barbershop asking me about feet. See? <laughs> yeah, I don't whatever. like feet. Neither do I. You said it. No, no. That's not right, that's guys. not what I meant. That's not what I meant. Bye. I love you. Thanks for tuning in. Sports fans rejoice. You're listening to my team, my voice with MTMV Sports.